Conservative Party members got duped by a bait-and-switch conservative. It's happened before, but it should never happen again. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're enjoying our daily installation of The Candace Malcolm Show. We started to do it every day during the campaign, and we're continuing to go on that momentum, putting out a new show every single day. So don't forget to like this page, like this episode, subscribe to this channel, and if you're watching on YouTube, hit the little notification bell so that you never miss an episode. Now, today I want to do a little bit of a deep dive into what happened in the election, what went wrong, and how there were red flags along the way when it came to leader Aaron O'Toole. Now, if you've been watching the show, you know that I am no fan of Aaron O'Toole. I believe that he misrepresented who he was in the conservative leadership race. Remember, he told us that he was a true blue conservative. He assured us that he would scrap the carbon tax. He told us that he would end Trudeau's arbitrary gun ban. And he assured us that he would respect moral conservatives and allow for free votes in the House of Commons. Presumably that would include free votes on social and moral issues like abortion. Now, of course, we now know that none of that was true. When the general election came around, Aaron O'Toole took the exact opposite position on each of these issues when he was running against Justin Trudeau. He flip-flopped, he showed weakness, and perhaps most damning of all, he was dishonest about who he was, what he believed in, and what he wanted to do with the party. Now, this comes down to an issue of authenticity. We don't really know who the real Aaron O'Toole is. Is he the man with a conservative vision who wanted to stand up to the radical left, stand up to woke cancel culture like he told us he was in the leadership race? Or is he the guy who embraced woke left-wing culture on the campaign trail when running in the federal election? Remember, back when Aaron O'Toole was running for leader of the conservative party, back in early 2020, Aaron O'Toole warned us about another candidate, another candidate named Peter McKay. O'Toole repeatedly warned conservatives that Peter McKay was nothing but a red Tory, he was a centrist, he was a leftist, he was mushy, he was liberalite, and that if conservative party members entrusted Peter McKay with the party leadership, that the party would go down the wrong path. We would continue to go down the left-wing path of Justin Trudeau, and that instead, by picking Aaron O'Toole, picking the true blue conservative option, that Canada would have a real conservative party. That is how he positioned himself in the leadership race. And I think it's interesting to revisit some of the specific attacks that Aaron O'Toole had against Peter McKay. Recall that Peter McKay was the front runner. He was the high profile leader. He was the one that the media loved. He's the one that everybody knows. He was key in creating the Conservative Party of Canada. Back when the two parties merged, back when the Canadian Alliance merged with the Progressive Conservative Party, Peter McKay was seen as a central figure in the Progressive Conservative Party. He negotiated that deal with Stephen Harper, and he was really one of the fathers of the modern-day Conservative Party. So again, he was sort of the apparent person who was going to lead the party. And if it wasn't for an incredibly effective attack by Aaron O'Toole, Peter McKay probably would have been the leader of the Conservative Party, and we might have had a different outcome in the last election. So let's go all the way back to January 2020, when Aaron O'Toole made a campaign announcement. This is the video he put out. I'm going to play you part of this video because it's really compelling. Again, this is the conservative version of Aaron O'Toole. This is the iteration of himself that he sold to party members that was quite compelling, quite appealing, and part of the reason that he won. Again, he told conservatives that he would respect social 
conservatives. He courted the social conservative vote. And one of the key things he said in this video is that it's time we take the hyphen out of being conservative. It's time we had someone that can unite the conservative party. Let's play this video and we can break that down. Who's going to fight for auto workers who just saw the last car roll off the line? Who's going to fight for forestry workers who just watched another mill close? Who's going to stand up for those who wear a uniform of service to protect us at home and abroad? Who's going to defend our history, our institutions against attacks from cancel culture and the radical left? The stakes are high for Canada. The country needs a strong conservative party. We need strong leadership to unite our party, take the hyphen out of being a conservative, and ensure we grow our movement to win. We need to show more urban and suburban Canadians that their values of liberty, family and equality are at the core of our party. It's time Canadians had a government that fights for their needs instead of fighting for attention from global celebrities and corrupt corporate insiders. I'm Aaron O'Toole and I'm running to unite Conservatives on the path to victory. I'm not a career politician. I'm not a product of the Ottawa bubble. I spent 10 years in the private sector and 12 years in our military, where you're judged by who you are and the work you do, not where you came from or who you know. I'm asking for your support to take on and beat Justin Trudeau. I'm in politics to fight for you, and I need you to fight alongside me for Canada. When he says take the hyphen out of being conservative, presumably he's talking about progressive conservatives. So if you take a step back and you look at the conservative party, it's sort of a coalition of a bunch of different types of conservatives. So you kind of have the moral or social conservatives, the Christian conservatives who want to have moral issues sort of front and center in politics. And they strongly believe in taking a position, for instance, when it comes to abortion. You also have the libertarian part of the party who just believe in limited government, low taxes. They want free markets. In individual responsibility. Unfortunately, those are some of the people who ended up following Maxime Bernier to the People's Party. And then you have the Red Tories, the sort of centrists that believe in bigger government, that don't want to take a stance on moral issues, or if they do, they're progressive or liberal. The sort of people that come from Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, that believe in the sort of Laurentian elite consensus about Canada, that were sort of this left-wing version of the United States, and that you know, they believe in big government and everything that goes along with it. The distinction between them and the liberals is that perhaps they're not as woke left as the liberals. And that's a part of the party that Peter McKay came from. So when Aaron O'Toole talks about taking the hyphen out of being conservative, I think he's talking about taking the progressive conservative, that title, which a lot of red Tories really cling to. They don't want to be seen as conservative. They want to put the progressive in there because then everyone knows that they are not social conservatives, that they have the liberal left wing approved um, social views and that none of those sort of thorny issues that have sometimes dogged conservatives would get in the way. So, so Aaron O'Toole is saying no to that, no to being a red Tory, no to being a progressive conservative. He's just going to be a conservative that unites the party. Okay, so he continues on this line of thinking. In February 2020, he sent out a email blast. So this fundraising email, O'Toole takes a shot at his rival, Peter McKay. So he's saying that Peter McKay is insisting on a solid caucus front on so-called conscience votes accusing him of behaving, quote, just like Justin Trudeau does, unquote. 
So O'Toole said in the email blast that he would allow both caucus members as well as potential cabinet ministers in a government led by him to vote their own conscience on moral issues. So presumably that means that if there were votes on abortion, he wouldn't whip caucus. He would allow everyone to vote how they feel based on their conscience, based on their morals, and that he would allow social conservatives to have their say, to, to make their peace, to champion the issues that they feel are incredibly important in our society. So O'Toole was already carving himself out as being different than Peter McKay, saying Peter McKay would punish social conservatives and not allow them to speak their piece, whereas he would enable social conservatives and give them a platform. Of course, we know that once the federal election rolled around, O'Toole took the exact opposite position halfway through the campaign. He said that MPs who don't fully support his platform and every aspect of it would not be able to sit in his caucus. So if you were pro-life and you wanted to talk about it, you didn't want to just parrot O'Toole's pro-choice liberal talking points, uh, you couldn't even sit with a conservative caucus. You couldn't even be a conservative. So back to 2020 when O'Toole was running for leader. So Aaron O'Toole continued on this path of attacking Peter McKay, saying that Peter McKay wasn't conservative enough. On March 24th, 2020, Aaron O'Toole said this, quote, this is really a struggle for the identity of the conservative party in 2020. Do we go back to be the mushy middle party or do we have conservative principled ideas for the issues of the day? So again, saying that he doesn't want to be part of the mushy middle, he wants to have principled conservative ideas. So presumably, again, this means the liberal party is on the left. He doesn't want to be part of the mushy middle. He wants to be on the right. He wants to have principled conservative issues. And then here he is on June 18th, 2020, Again, really just laying it all out against Peter McKay. He says, Peter McKay has begun this campaign by dividing our party, by attacking social conservatives. That's exactly what the liberals want. They want us divided. We don't need liberal light. We need a real conservative with the uniting vision to win. So here you have it. This is why Aaron O'Toole won. He successfully courted social conservatives. Remember, he won because of the second and third ranked ballots from the actual social conservatives who ran Leslie Lewis and Derek Sloan. Those votes went over to Aaron O'Toole, giving him enough to surpass Peter McKay, even though Peter McKay had the most votes in the first round of voting. And so Aaron O'Toole won by courting the social conservatives, assuring them that they would have a space in his party that he would have room for them, that he would respect them, and also attacking Peter McKay, attacking the front runner, saying this guy's a red Tory, this guy's a centrist, this guy's liberal light, this guy's part of the mushy middle, forget him, I'm going to be the principled conservative, I'm going to go after the radical left, I'm true blue, get on board, here, here I am, I'm the real deal, I'm the conservative. And so again, we, we know how this played out, we know we got duped, we know that this wasn't who Aaron O'Toole really was, or maybe it is who he really is, but then he presented a new version of Aaron O'Toole when it came to running in the federal election. This is the bait and switch. We were sold one thing, and then we got another. And this is why we're at such a crossroads in the conservative movement. This is why the party uh, sees itself as such a crossroads, because you do have the voices saying, look, just keep Aaron O'Toole on as leader. He'll learn his lesson and he'll go on and perhaps do better in the next election. And then you have the other side of the party who feel deeply betrayed, who feel ex completely excluded from the party. And not just that, but they feel like we have a charlatan running things. They feel like Aaron O'Toole, they, they see Aaron O'Toole and they don't know what he stands for. He is totally inauthentic. He presented two completely different visions of 
who he was, what he believes in, and what he wanted for the country. It's, and, and it's hard to get past that duplicity, that fundamental lack of authenticity that we see with Aaron O'Toole. But I want to remind viewers that this is not the first time that this has happened to the Conservative Party. This is not the first time that a Conservative leadership nominee has presented themselves as part of the right wing of the party, as a social Conservative, as a true blue Tory, only to gain power and become leader of the party and completely change course, completely rebrand as a liberal. And I'm talking about the former MP and the former leader of the Ontario Progressive Conservative Party, Patrick Brown. Now, I want to talk a little bit about Patrick Brown. Patrick Brown became leader of the Ontario PCs in 2015, and then he stepped down and resigned in disgrace in January 2018. So he never ran in an election as a conservative leader, and it's a good thing that he didn't because this guy was a total disaster as leader of the party. So before Patrick Brown got into provincial politics, he was a long-serving member of parliament up in Barrie. He was a really popular MP. He was seen as young, ambitious, super hardworking, and really in touch with the base, really socially conservative, and just you know someone who had a lot of potential in conservative politics. So I want to go back and talk a little bit about his record. So back in 2012, as a conservative MP under the Harper government, he voted in favor of a bill to study when life begins. And this was seen, especially by the media, as a sort of reopening of the abortion debate, something that a lot of, again, the red Tories and the centrists in the party really didn't want. A lot of libertarians too, a lot of people who just don't really want to talk about this issue anymore. And even Stephen Harper voted against his bill, voted against studying when life begins because he just didn't really want to get into the thorny abortion debate. So back then he was, he was so committed to being a pro-life MP that he was even willing to break ranks with the prime minister and the leader of the country because he was so committed to his morals and to this idea of creating some kind of a law, some kind of regulation around abortion. And so fast forward to when he was running for leader of the PC party, it's sort of well known that that Patrick Brown just sort of outworked the competition. He was running against Christine Elliott, the widow of the former finance minister, Jim Flaherty, and she was sort of seen as more of an establishment red Tory conservative, and he was seen as the grassroots social conservative alternative. And everyone knew that he won this leadership race because he just outworked and out-hustled Christine Elliott. He was out there signing up new members, doing outreach, encouraging people to join the party, to vote for him as leader, growing the party base. And a lot of the places, let's be, let's be honest, a lot of the ways that he was able to do this was by going to houses of worship, going to churches, painting himself as a true social conservative and encouraging people to sign up for votes that way. Likewise, he was also able to get the endorsement from the Campaign Life Coalition, which is an influential pro-life group. So speaking to pro-life advocates from the Campaign Life Coalition, he said, look at my voting record. That's who I am. And then he says he has a 100% pro-life voting record in the House of Commons, which led to the endorsement from the Campaign Life Coalition. Well, fast forward, and just like Aaron O'Toole, once he was leader of the party, he told the Globe and Mail, I will not change the status quo, and I will oppose any effort to do so, later adding, we're not going to change the status quo we have in Ontario today in any fashion. And then when he was specifically asked about how he voted for a pro-life bill, get this, he actually pretended that he didn't know what they were talking about. He said this, he said, we probably have four or 500 votes a year in the House of Commons. I think it would be difficult to analyze every 
vote. So he just pretended that he doesn't even remember voting for pro-life bills and that he just couldn't even be asked to try to defend it because he votes on so many things. Then in 2017, he told the National Post that any policy put forth during the PC party convention regarding social conservative issues would be off limits. Any policy that attempts to limit a woman's right to choose, so he's already using the left-wing uh, terminology when it comes to abortion, limit a woman's right to choose, or the ability of same-sex couples to marry are off limits, period. Brown endorsed same-sex marriage and also endorsed the Liberals' changes of the sex ed curriculum once he won the PC leadership race. Also on the issue of carbon taxes, much like Aaron O'Toole, Patrick Brown didn't mention anything about a carbon tax when running for PC leader. He basically implied that he was against it and that he wouldn't bring in any kind of carbon tax. But then again, much like Aaron O'Toole, he shocked the Tories when he announced that he would support a carbon tax at the PC convention in Ottawa in March 2016. Patrick Brown misrepresented himself when he was running for leader. He ran as a social conservative. Once he was leader, he basically turned into a liberal and started pushing liberal talking points, pushing liberal ideas, and abandoning any sense of principle. And that's why in early 2018, when he was faced with really a ratchet job of a Me Too accusation that totally fell apart under scrutiny, it didn't matter. The entire base had already abandoned him. His core inner circle also kind of stabbed him in the back, threw him under the bus. And just like that, Patrick Brown resigned. This should have been a cautionary tale to conservatives. This should have been a tale not to do what Patrick Brown had done to the PC voters in Ontario, but here we are a few years later, and it seems like Aaron O'Toole has taken Patrick Brown's exact playbook. And much like Patrick Brown's own fate, Aaron O'Toole has not been successful. It is not a good strategy. It is not a winning playbook. Look, in today's era of social media and direct mass communication, what Canadians want is authenticity. They want a politician and a candidate who they can trust, who they feel like is being real and being authentic. The terrible, terrible strategy as running as one thing, and then as soon as you become leader, turning and doing something different, it doesn't even matter what side you're going for, which way you're going. It is a failed tactic. It's bait and switch. We've seen it too many times, and we've had enough of it. Conservatives should make sure that the Aaron O'Tools and the Patrick Browns of this world are never entrusted to lead a conservative party again. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show.